liferadio.fm, Mark and Max Show. And, you know, during the music, we were talking about Brad Stein. Yeah. And, you know, Brad is a an acquaintance slash friend. He's a right. industry friend. He's a guy that we could call and book for the show because we've done it. Yeah. And he'll reply or whatever because he remembers the name. Yes. You know, yeah. he yeah. might not know how, but... You know, we did spend, uh, you spent more time with him than I have, but he's just yeah. brilliant. He's yeah. funny. Funny guy. And he talked about when he, he grew, you know, was out in LA for, you know, grew up out there and um, decided from a career standpoint to move to Nashville, um, where m- more, uh, you know, the Christian right. uh, yeah. community of entertainers live. And he goes out there and he's doing his thing still, but all of a sudden now he's from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, doors that had been locked for him out in LA, they start opening. We got this new guy out of Tennessee. You got to give him a shot. He said, all he goes out there three weeks after being in Tennessee, he's going back to LA and it's the new, new, you know, it's that yeah, whole yeah. weird thing. It was so funny because you know, when Andrew, my son, my oldest son, when he made his second film river of life, um, it was a step up from his first film cost more money and all that. And anyway, he actually, because of the first film, Prodigal, that he did, it got some rumbling. So this time, when he finished up uh, this one, uh, the second River of Life, he goes out to L.A., and he's taking meetings. Well, as an independent, you know, movie guy, the first thing they did uh, out in L.A., sent him to Nashville. <laughs> because that's where their, uh, it was like, that's where their family-friendly slash yes. Christian slash, you know, right. independent movie guys were. Yeah. And so he's, he's out here all of his life. Can't get a meeting in Nashville. Can't get a meeting in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but goes out to LA and all of a sudden, Oh, we got to get you out here. You got to meet so-and-so in Nashville. Then you got to go to Atlanta and see so-and-so they're booking flights and all that. You know, yeah. it's like, really? I live there. I'm only out here for a couple of weeks. Kind of, he didn't say that out loud, but that's what happened. It's just, it's crazy how we do yeah. things. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show straight up telling you it's been vacation threat week all all every day you know <laughs> you think i were gonna be gone for a month man <laughs> i see well it's kind of like i mentioned a while ago i keep thinking about this i don't care yeah. i don't care <laughs> wow you're out man kevin meaning yeah yeah and I think the biggest thing is that in our life, and you know this because over the years we've spent a good chunk of our adult life together professionally Mm -hmm. and in taking vacations and things like that, you've always had to plan. And oftentimes you and I would do a show from somewhere else, right? You know, we just do the show on the road and uh, it was, and it was fun. It's not like that was a bad thing. It's just, it was fun. It was unique and different and you know, or at least was for us, I thought. Oh, sure, yeah. But, um, you know, the last time I did it was the last time I did it. And right. there's a reason. Yeah. Because I wasn't actually benefiting from the vacation. I was stressing too much. And I'm going to be honest, if you're that stressed about leaving your job for a week to go on vacation, if you worry about your job security, um, chances mm. are you need to be looking elsewhere. Yeah. Because if you have employees that are gunning for you, you know, they're not loyal. They're not going to help. You're not a team. And, uh, anyway, I, this weekend is really an off weekend, taking it off. I am, I actually might not bring my phone. Okay. Wow. Just letting you know that ahead of time. Yeah. 
I mean, I, and actually seriously considering it just because, you know, the people that know, uh, that need to know where we are. know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Seriously, considering not leaving, I haven't said this out loud to LaDonna yet, but I'm thinking about it. You know, we tell everybody we're going to be gone. We'll park the car across the street at somebody's house and hide it, and then we just stay here. You know, that could be a vacation. That could get interesting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you find Think out about that. Find out people are coming by and using the house while you're not there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had that happen once. Left town and found out that, you know, some of the kids' friends came over and had a pool party. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah it happened years and years ago my brother-in-law decided to be the life of the neighborhood and uh we asked him to come and check over you know just would you mind checking on the house while we're gone and checking on the house means just make sure nobody's messed with anything right yeah and we come home and find trash in the backyard and it, you know you know it's your trash and not because there's just certain things we mm, don't eat or sure, drink and right, yeah. i got and thing is if you're going to take a garbage bag okay and to put your garbage in do two things. One, make sure your garbage actually goes in the trash bag. And then two, take the bag with you. Leaving a trash bag in the backyard with Kansas stuff all over the place isn't that helpful. And it does tell us you were here. Uh-oh. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Mark, you know, every now and again, a story pops up and you see it and go, I think we've done this before. Okay. And right. It's not that we've done the same story. It's just some people don't learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And here you go. Man yeah. cut loose after crawling down pizza oven vent. Mm hmm. And he qualifies. Aha. <laughs> a Georgia man that. became trapped while trying to crawl down through a vent from a strip mall roof into a pizza restaurant Tuesday, forcing firefighters to slice the vent open to free him. The man was taken to a hospital, and the extent of his injuries, it's not clear. Police told local news outlets that emergency responders cut open the vent where it extended upward from a pizza oven at a Little Caesars outlet in suburban Lithonia, about 15 miles east of downtown Atlanta. Brittany Davis, a U.S. Army recruiter, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution she could hear a man yelling for help when she arrived for work at a neighborhood, uh, a neighboring recruiting office. She said, I looked on the roof but couldn't see anybody, so she called 911. Davis said a Little Caesars employee told her he could hear the, the man's voice coming from inside the pizza oven. Davis oh. said <clears throat> she went inside the pizza restaurant and spoke to the man who reported he was in pain and having a panic attack. <laughs> you think the cab county fired uh department uh, fire uh, i guess that's corporal jason daniels says uh i'm not sure what time the restaurant closes at night but the oven still gives off heat after they close i imagine for him to get down into the pipe he had to do it in a certain window of time when the oven was cool enough and nobody was there the man walked to an ambulance shortly after being removed and was taken to a hospital police didn't identify him or announce any criminal charges <laughs> well <laughs> well I think it's because they couldn't figure out how to spell claws. You know, they were like, is it? He's dude's just warming up, man. You know, he's thinking I've got six months to get back in shape. I got to make this happen. I mean, we're in trouble if Santa Claus can't get down a pizza oven chimney. There you see. And that's his, that's his barometer to check that's to see right. where he is in his uh, annual diet. <laughs> got a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> 
liferadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show, and Mark and I are pet owners. And by the way, Mark, I meant to tell you this earlier. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the heads up on, on where to take Hank. Uh, yeah. Because we can't, yeah, we got the, uh, our little yippy dogs, you know, we got, we got them handled, you know, for the weekend. Not uh, a big yeah. deal. But we're concerned about Hank, the uh, bulldog, because yeah. he, <laughs> he requires a little more help than the others, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, well, good. uh, I, yeah, I'm, we're excited. It just wanted to give you, thank you for the heads up. Oh, well, good. Um, yeah. Well, and, they've always been good uh, for us. So, right. Yeah. Love that. All right. Mark, a pet caught after weeks on the run. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. If your pet <laughs> has been gone for weeks at an airport, <laughs> I don't think they're on, I mean, I don't think it's by accident. I think it's a choice, you know? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a family's beloved pet cat that's been dodging airport personnel, airline employees, and animal experts since escaping from a pet carrier at Boston's Logan International Airport about three weeks ago. They finally caught it Wednesday. Um, an airport spokesman, or spokesperson, I should say, said the cat named Rowdy. Uh, I said, said this about the cat named Rowdy, whether out of fatigue or hunger, we'll never know. But this morning she finally let herself be caught. Rowdy was given a health check and it's going to be returned to her family. Um, the, her owner, Patty Nolette Sally said on Facebook, she looks great. happy to be with people. And I'm sure she'll be happy to be reunited with us. Rowdy's time on the lamb began June 24th as the family was returning to the U S from an army deployment to Germany. Solly previously posted that on, on uh, Facebook. So <laughs> when, when their Lufthansa flight landed, the four year old black cat with green eyes escaped from her cage going after some birds soon. Wow. Rowdy herself was on the receiving end of a chase as her getaway set off a massive search involving airport and Lufthansa personnel, construction workers and animal welfare advocates, as well as the use of wildlife cameras and safe release traps. Lufthansa even hired a tracker to trap Rowdy. (laughs) Despite numerous sightings, Rowdy always eluded her pursuers, but now a little calm has been restored. Yikes. (laughs) You know, Mark, that's, that's a lot of effort. And I would no longer call this fan. This, this is not a beloved pet. Mm -hmm. This is a cat that hates his family so much. You'd rather (laughs) risk dying, you know? Yeah. Their first clue that it didn't want to come home was they found it sitting in a corner with a tin cup and a sign that says, (laughs) want to go back to Germany, you know, (laughs) please help. Wow. (laughs) Life radio dot FM, the market Mac show, you know, Mark, you and I, we have talked about pets because we are, uh, pet lovers we have right, pets yeah. uh dogs and cats nothing really that crazy i mean i've just always wondered why people have rodents as pets you know like yeah. hamsters and mice and things mm-hmm. because you know when you go down the like i'll give you an example when you go down the pet aisle at stores okay you find toys and food and snacks for dogs and cats right yeah you don't find things that will kill them <laughs> so <laughs> When you shop for pet toys for your pet hamster, gerbil, or whatever, you know, basically you can shop down the hardware oil uh, aisle and, and get traps, you know, that are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's like if, uh, you know, I, 
I just don't get why. And I, and this is from somebody who actually has lived in a home with young children, you know, who had hamsters and gerbils mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. It's something that I don't think that the only cool gerbil slash hamsters, whatever was the one in bolt. Yeah. You know, that guy was pretty cool. And <laughs> yeah, that he movie, was, you know, yeah, you're right. And, yeah. but to have one in your house, when you're, it's like, you, think about it. You buy the little clear ball for the hamster to roll around your house in, right? And it's kind of cute. Yes. But the thing is, I wonder, is he holding meetings at night, you know, in the corners with the other mice saying, hey, you know, I'm going to leave the door unlocked for you. You know, I mean, it just seems odd, you know. But, and you got the other little, you know, rodents in the walls going, we got to bust Henry out, man. Tonight's the night, you know. Listen, when your hamster's holding 12-step meetings in your home, yeah. <laughs> You, you know you don't need cheese you just don't what you need is something else pick a just higher leave power. The bottle off the yeah, <laughs> leave the bottle off the cooking sherry there you go. that's right <laughs> life radio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh you know the cartoon where the guy just takes off running so fast. It's like there's a puff of smoke with his outline, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's me. I, I'm, uh, that's me. I'm there. All right. But Mark, yeah, you know, years ago you and I, and I don't remember why we had this idea to go skydiving, you know, yeah. on the air and broadcast the whole thing for, yeah. to raise money for something. But, right. um, I am, it, it, I might've been about overcoming fears or something. Cause I'm afraid of heights or whatever. I don't mm, know. Yeah. But I do know this. Um, I, should have sent Mr. Crawford a thank you note for showing me in the contract that I was not allowed to do that, you know, because it, I'm telling you, man, that just would have been that, that, that would have been nightmares the rest of my life. Right. I mean, it's it's, bad enough watching videos, you know, mm -hmm. the, the whole, what could go wrong scenario. I mean, yeah, when you really do think about it, there's a lot of stuff that could go wrong. And most of it is really bad. <laughs> yeah. The thing that got me is you and I, right after we found out, because to be honest with you, I was all into it until Mr. Crawford said, no, you can't. And yeah. then I kind of opened myself up to look at other things. Once I realized I didn't have to fake being a, a macho guy, you know, I could actually, you know, sit in the corner sucking my thumb. Right. And it was like that week after we were told no, there was a army ranger who had uh, was home, uh, you know, visiting the family, and he did a was went. Uh, he's a uh, old paratrooper, and he took his family members out to Pell City to where they do some skydiving training and stuff. Right. Yeah, and because they would ask him about what it's like to do this, and he said, "Let's just go do it. Come on, I, you know." Um, this is a guy who again was a paratrooper in the army. I mean, this yeah. is what he does, right? A trained so, professional. Yes. Yeah. And so he takes the fam and that's what they do. They go and they jump out of a plane. It was really, really cool. I, I, the problem is he landed wrong. Okay. Oh. The army ran. Now everybody else was fine. They all did a tandem jump, you know, um, but he did his own because he was experienced sure. yeah. and this very experienced paratrooper showing his family what the, he landed wrong and broke his leg Eek. and it wasn't just a little break. It was broken so bad. It never healed. And he eventually died oh. from that injury. Yeah. So when we see a skydiver rescued Mm -hmm. after crashing on a roof in Orange, Massachusetts, I'm telling you, man, 
this is not something to blindly follow the leader on. No. Think twice before you jump. No. According to the Orange, Massachusetts Fire Department, at around 6.58 p.m., crews were called by Jump Town Skydiving to report a skydiver had an entanglement of his main and reserve chute, both chutes, and had wow. a hard landing on top of Seaman Paper Warehouse in the Industrial Park. He was conscious and alert, though. Orange Fire, wow. police, EMTs, and staff from Jumptown Skydiving assisted to treat the skydiver, and was he was taken to the Orange Airport to be flown to UMass by UMass Memorial Life Flight. The fire department wow. says the skydiver is expected to be okay. Man. Yeah. Well, that's, I, that's know, miraculous when you think about yes, it. Yes, it is. Yes. Wow. So before you decide to do something like this on your vacation, mm. treat it like you would jogging on the beach your first day at the beach. <laughs> Don't do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm. Tell your friends the Mark and Mac Show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you ever have one of those days mark where you start talking on the air and all of a sudden you realize your headphones are way too loud <laughs> that just happened man whoa <laughs> i call that earwax removal <laughs> it is i i was thinking about doing the ear candling thing but decided maybe not now <laughs> no i'll just damage my hearing let's go that way yep <laughs> And I want to know who ever thought of ear candling. Who was the first person that thought, hey, wait a minute. Uh, what if we light a fire right above our ear and let it, that'll work? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, the Friday the 15th. See, that ought to be a day to celebrate because you got to figure, Mark, it's the middle of the month. A lot of people get paid on the first and the fifteenth. Oh, so yeah. you know, instead of like being afraid of Friday the thirteenth, we gotta make a movie. Friday the fifteenth. <laughs> the day you didn't get your paycheck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Have a bunch of middle aged people out there, you know, hunting down their bosses. Where's my money? Oh my. <laughs> well, I've been there, but not on the fifteenth. I mean <laughs> Well you know, radio station people know this, okay? Yes. Back in the uh, actually this newer generation of people doing broadcasting probably don't understand no, it. Uh -uh. But when you and I first got into radio, if you really wanted to have a career, okay, and I mean all right. We all know that there are jobs you can get where you, you go to high school or college and you settle in where you want to live and you work there, you know, in that one community. And for some, you can have a radio job like that. Radio yeah. sales is kind of like that administration. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to move to work in that because there's always more than one option in radio and TV to do advertising sales back in the day. Sure. So you could stay there. But if you were an air talent, you had about a three year window, mostly, yeah. if you, especially if you were doing mornings. Um, and if you were trying to go to a bigger market, if your career was built on the entertainment side of things, it was started a small market. And hopefully after about 10 years of bad jokes and, <laughs> you know, burping sound effects and stuff like that, you make it to a, a large market or a major market, you know? Right, yeah. And if you're any good and you, that's, yeah. and that's kind of the goal. So you have a goal, but that it requires you to move. I mean, you start off in like Piedmont, Alabama at WPID, right. a little AM station. And then it's like, if I could just work in, you know, Anniston, Oxford, oh boy, that'd be big. If I could just work in Birmingham, oh boy, if I could just work, you know, 
in Atlanta. That it's like mm-hmm. that's the goal. Get to a major a top ten market. Yeah. And that'll make it if you're an on air talent. Right. Which again, now I just named four stops along the way. Right. And, and to be honest with you, you ain't making those leaps. Back no, in the day, no, no, you know no. you you'd make several more. <laughs> yes. Lots and of little bitty that, leaps. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we talk about have you know, jocks have uh, inflatable furniture back in yeah. the day. Yeah. But now it's not like that now. No. Um, that's how it was when Mark and I started. Now you can actually, you know, do your job from anywhere pretty much. Yeah, you can. And because of consolidation, because of iHeartMedia and a couple of others, all the typical radio stations where one would learn your craft and, and grow, they're gone. Those jobs don't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. A lot and, of the voices you and, hear aren't even in the station anytime. Never. Or even in the state. Yeah, or even in the state. You're right. They have their own studios in their homes. Well, I've got one in the corner of my, my downstairs yeah. den, right? They, yep. can, they can sit in that, uh, in that little studio, and they can actually do radio shows for stations anywhere. And they, yep. just, they just and, voice track them. Yeah. It's and it's interesting, because yeah. there are, but there are still opportunities to move up the old yes. school way. I, I've, and I'll mention one guy, John Mounts. He's actually in Birmingham with iHeartMedia. John Mounts in the late 90s, and he's he's actually of the generation now that didn't have to move, okay? Right. They could stay in one place, but John chose to do the old school route because he wanted to learn. His, he wanted to learn. Yeah. And so he started off as an intern and then a part-timer in Birmingham, which is a good place to start. And he wanted to be a programmer, so he ended up going. What did his first move was to a talk station in a small market along the coast. Then an opportunity came up at a station in Nashville that was not a very well-financed station, but it was in a decent-sized market. Right. So he gets the gig there, and, and he made a few others along the way, but he had like four or five assistant program director, then program director gigs before he finally made it to Birmingham, which was kind of a goal, you know, yeah. to, to make it there. And, and by the time he was in his mid to late 30s, he was there. Yeah. And, again, that's the old career path that doesn't seem to exist like it did. And, yeah. anyway, yeah. it's just kind of funny, you know, how you move around a lot and – uh, now you look at it, Mark, and there's a whole group, a whole, um, right now, I don't know where the radio field will be in five years time, because no. there's a lot of the people that you hear right now on the air, they're in their sixties. Yeah. Um, yeah. because like when I listen to, um, like, okay, Martha Quinn on, uh, she's doing a lot of stuff on iHeart media stations right now for a midday show. And, uh, it's like an eighties, you know, thing like from the MTV music era. Okay. Well, Okay, Martha Quinn, think about it. She was on MTV in, what, 84? Yeah, yeah. When she was 20-something? Yeah. So here you go. It is 40 years later. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, what happens when that, I mean, and these are the people that are covering air shifts and actually doing entertainment stuff. Right. And eventually they are going to retire in the next five yeah. to ten years. That's and true. And there is nobody coming up. There's nobody being trained. Yeah to take over and it's going to wow. be interesting i think most of those people though i bet they at some point in that career ladder they hit the height they were going to hit and then it's some and then they actually started going back down that career ladder you know it's that right. old saying be, be careful be, be kind to whoever you pass on your way up because you're going to pass them again on your way down oh yeah <laughs> you know and so like uh there'll be somebody who was who's had syndication they've been in in radio and mm-hmm. they've, they've hit the thing where ah we're on x number of stations all over the place and then that was that was 20 years ago and today they're in a tiny market somewhere in tennessee on a country station right you know just kind of holding and, down a job so they can pay the rent on their apartment. Right. You know? And and the thing is, you know, it, and we have to take a break, but here's the yeah. deal. You know, and there's two ways to look at that too. Some, it's a choice. You you have a goal. 
you mm-hmm. hit that goal. Yeah. And now you didn't have a plan for after that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when you hit that goal, you didn't have a plan to maintain that level of success. That's right. So you're, you know, you're growing and I will tell you, there's different ways of performance when you're trying to make a name for yourself and when you want to maintain that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, <laughs> in other words, invest wisely. Yep. Because eventually, <laughs> and then, then from a career standpoint, you look at it and you go, okay, well, I've made, I've done everything. I I've checked off my, my list. Yeah. The goals have been hit. Now, what do I want to do? Right. I yeah. want to work for a, an owner that owns the station. I want to work in the market. I want to be a part of the community. Right. And that's, again, it's a different it way is. of looking at your career. And it that's is. where success yeah. is. So you got somebody who did, they were in syndication 20 years ago and, mm-hmm. and they were making bank and now they're at that small little station in Tennessee. Yeah. But maybe that's their choice. Yeah. They want to be in. They want to still be in radio because they love it. Right. But they don't want the hassle of all they've gone through to yeah. be at this point. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's a, okay. So for those of you who have failed miserably and are now working <laughs> at that small little station in Tennessee, we just gave you the excuse for your resume. There you go. LiveRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. A couple of minutes ago when we were talking about radio guys, mm. um, there's going to be a couple that are going to hear about that bit yeah. and they're going to know we were talking about them. Yeah. So to be perfectly clear, we love you guys. We Hang do. in there. Yeah. And if you are where you want to be, okay, mm. if your career has taken you down a path and by the way, this works for any field, any yeah. career, any place. If you are where you want to be, don't explain yourself. Just yeah. say, I had, this is what my goal is now. Mm-hmm. Goals change. If yeah. they don't change, you're going to be really bored. Yeah, because I've made some decisions where <laughs> I, Andrew Andrew really challenged me on a couple of decisions I made a few years ago, hmm. and I said I'm doing it because this is what I want to do. I'm at that I am at that stage of my life where I can do what I want to do, yeah. not what I have to do to make myself feel good about me, but what I want to do. And right. this is what I want to do right now. It might change next week, hmm. but right now this is what I want, and I'm excited that in my life, Mark. Hey, I'm excited that you get to that point where you can do what you want to do, not That's what you right. have to do. Yeah. Now, granted, I still haven't hit the lottery, but I am going to the <laughs> beach this weekend. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. You know, we have an opportunity for you to help us, and that is, all you have to do is tell somebody you heard about the Mark and Mac show on liferadio.fm. Uh, you can post it on any of your social media, and I would list them out if I used any of them. But, uh, you know, funny, you look for a job these days in radio, and it says, you know, we've got to have a real strong presence online, you know, and, wow. and that used to be, do you have a website that promotes radio station? Now it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wow. and anything else we can think of that you can wow. tell people that you ate a booger sandwich for lunch, you know? Wow. But How far on, we man. have come since the day. Yep. When we were trying to convince a radio oh. station we worked for that, yes, a website would be a good idea. How? And, by the way, you know, you mentioned that off the air the other day. Yeah. And you know what I remembered? When you and I went to that radio station and talked about the value of a website yeah. and streaming and all that. Yeah. And um, when and finally got them convinced. And I went to look to get the, the, the name secured properly. Right. And some Somebody. former part-time employee had done that already, yeah. and they had owned they owned the name for the website. Okay, yeah. they owned the station name, mm-hmm. and they had post they there actually was a website, yeah. and it had nothing to do with what we were doing. Yeah, 
it was like their dream world of a Southern gospel station, yeah. you know, where they promoted the team is back and they started with the general manager and the <laughs> secretary and the, you know, administrative assistant. It's like, yeah, the, the team is back. Okay. Right. All these people, nobody, nobody has ever heard of. That's the team. No, mm-hmm. they're not on the air. They're not even in sales. These are the administrators That's at the right. station that the really office, mean something. The office staff. I am. Yes. They're valuable so, people. See, they're precious people, but nobody knows who they are. Because they're not on the air. Nobody's yeah. going to listen to the station because of them. That's right. Oh, my word. But we actually That's the station we actually got together at, believe it that's or not. That's right. Yeah. And the first website Mark and I had, it was markandmaxshow.8k.com. Oh, that's right, because it was so Remember expensive. Remember explaining that. Well, the thing is that it was so expensive to, to get web yeah. space back then. So expensive. Yeah. And I can buy it for... I can oh, yeah. buy I can buy a web domain now for like a eleven dollars. You know, well, I was gonna say I've go, I've gone ahead and registered too since we've started this break. Okay, <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. The uh, Friday the fifteenth Beast show. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> that it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Just make it up as we go along, Mark. So um, far, it's just been memory lane. <laughs> yep. Because we can. Because, yeah. you know, I've talked about it all week. I'm checking out today, man. Yeah. As soon as we finish, oh, I'm gone. I've been checked like, out all So gone. Yeah. I have. I told Mark, you know, it's just the, there's a part of life when you just mm-hmm. get tired. And I hit that. And yeah. it's almost like, you know, you really do want to care. And I do care. It's not that I don't care. It's just, um, Okay, I'm lying. I don't care, Mark. I, <laughs> you know, I'm at that point where if there's a $20 bill in the parking lot, I might not bend over and pick it up because I'm exhausted. I'm afraid I won't get up. And actually, I'm afraid it's a trick. You know, Somebody's folded up a track to look like a $20 bill, and I bend uh, over to pick it up, hurt my back, takes 10 minutes to stand back up, and I unfold it, and it's a track about how to get saved. You know? Oh, man. I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking about this, the way things are when you right before that last day before it's vacation time and that just basically that feeling you have, you're just, you're not really thinking about much except I've got to get past all of this stuff to get to what I want. I guess. Right. And I really don't care about that. And there was a comic back in the, I guess it was in the eighties. Kevin Meany was his name. And part of yeah. his part of his act was this song. Baggy I pants. don't. I don't care. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. that was on my brain yesterday for a long oh. time. <laughs> We're not baggy pants people. <laughs> That's right. What are you doing on that stage making weird noises? You're embarrassing your parents. <laughs> and he was the guy that actually his big break was doing the TV version of Uncle Buck. Yeah, lasted three weeks. Yeah. When, not long after he started out, he got a spot on some big show, and he's some big, some big show. It's live on national TV, he's doing the jokes, and nobody's laughing. Nobody in the audience is laughing. And at one point, he says, "Come on, folks, help me out. My flop sweat's reactivating my moose." <laughs> was, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> I want to know where he is now. You know. <laughs> Where is he? Fire Island, I think. (laughs) Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. 
Hey, before we move on, you were talking a minute ago about Kevin Meany. Yeah, yeah. The uh, actor, comedian, and um, a guy. He's a guy who was very talented, uh, very big on Broadway, did a lot of uh, stage stuff. But he was one of those things, and I, I laugh, not laugh in a bad way, but sometimes you get a big break in, in entertainment. but And it, it comes along, and if you don't hit a homer with it, it might not come back. You know? Mm, you, yeah, you, yeah. You kind of only get that one. And he actually had... Um, I don't know if you remember Lenny Clark. Uh, Lenny Clark was this Scottish comedian. Um, got kind of hot. He got some heat in the early 80s. And anyway, he had this late show, and Kevin Meany was on that, doing character stuff. But uh-huh. that was like in 1980, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then he actually was on Saturday Night Live um, in the 1986 season. That was a really off year. Um, and then anyway, but I mentioned but Uncle Buck. Okay, they yes. tried to turn Uncle Buck into a TV show in right. 1990, and he was cast as Buck Russell, the part that John Candy played. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, it lasted, you know, 10 episodes kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he just, he's an interesting guy. A lot of people don't know who he is until you see him. And you go, oh, I know him. You know, right. that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like and, you were reminding me during the music that he was in the movie Big, and uh, yeah. you reminded me of the scene. And it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> and once you mem- reminded me of the scene, I went, oh, oh yeah, I remember that right. scene. Now I need to go pull the movie up and and find that scene and see him because I just I I don't know if he looked yeah. different. I don't know what. Yeah, but, you know. No, you you're actually gonna go. Oh my gosh, it was just a. It could have been a part done by anybody. Right. It's yeah. just a nothing part, yeah. and it really could have been anybody in the world. But you're gonna see it and go, oh my gosh, that really is him. Right. Yeah. Uh, but. Here's the deal. You said, well, I wonder what happened to him. You know, mm-hmm. what he's, what, I wonder what he's doing now. And I'm like, well, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I thought he was dead. And he yeah, is. He, he passed is, yeah. away in 2016. Right. Yeah. Um, don't know what from, you know, yeah. but anyway, so I remember, who was it that, uh, I think it was, um, oh, Gary Sanders, uh, the Gary Sanders show. Who was that guy? Uh, uh Shandling, comedian. Gary Shandling. Shandling, Gary yeah. Shandling. All right. Gary Shandling and, uh, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld are doing uh, the coffee show with uh, Jerry and Gary Shandling is talking about when a comedian dies and he was talking about David Brenner had passed away. And, uh, uh, anyway, and he goes, I, or one of them said, I just wonder what happens to all that material. You know, he's been in his entire mm-hmm. career writing jokes and now he's dead. Nobody can use those jokes yeah. because he wrote them. There yeah. is. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Obviously, you guys haven't been to comedy clubs lately because they're all getting ripped off. I heard a comic two years ago basically doing Sam Kinison. Yeah. And it was like, really? You guys, with the internet the way it is, you're going to tell me y'all are laughing at this? This guy needs to be run out of town on a rail. He's ripping off old guy. He's ripping off dead guys. Joke. liferadio.fm the market max show and you know it's been counting down to uh vacation time yeah. and it's kind of like birthday month you know <laughs> remember how when yeah. clay sandlin who owned the repo depot mm-hmm. uh back in the day clay didn't have a birthday or a birthday weekend clay sandlin had birthday month yep and when hannah my my youngest was having hers because we knew she was going to be the last kind of thing you know and I remember Jill Friday calling it Hannah Palooza because it was like a whole month of celebration for Hannah. You know, <laughs> that's fun. Oh my word! And what made me think about that was just you know, in general, you know, you get to a certain point in life where 
you can't focus on anything. I'm at that point right now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. yesterday, Mark, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was so out of my world that I actually ate dinner twice. Okay. <laughs> and it was the same thing. It wasn't going back for seconds. Mm. I actually ate. And when Braylon called me to do something, I'm like, okay, what do you need to, you know? And then I went back and made a whole new fresh plate of everything and loaded it back up and heated it up and all was grousing about whoever left the food out. You know, what's wrong with you people? You know, you guys don't clean up after yourself and realized I was the only one that was home. You know, (laughs) and the thing is, is a bad thing. What's wrong? I wasn't even full. I could have eaten more. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark we, we've been talking about comedians mm. over the last couple of weeks you and i yeah, have because yeah. you you pointed me in a direction for a, several comedians over the years that worked clean yeah and it wasn't like um again you know where you specifically sought them out it's just you know you, you they you find them they yeah. do work clean i yeah. and I remember you went to a show uh, in Atlanta one time when a guy wasn't getting any laughs because he wasn't very funny, and he and during yeah. a you know non profanity show he unleashed a few profanities. Yeah, he dropped and an F. Got a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for yeah. shock. Wasn't value. that when you saw? Um, went to see Brad a helmet Stein. on guy. Well, yeah, Brad Stein. Uh, he was at uh, the punchline. Was it the punchline? Is that it? I think it is the punchline. Yeah. Anyway, he was in Atlanta at a comedy club and he'd been there that day. And Sean Hannity had also been there that day and had done his Mm -hmm. radio show from the comedy club. And Brad Stein was on the show. And uh, so, so, and and I just, Brad, you know, he, he works clean and I, I don't label people as a Christian entertainer or a black entertainer. You know what I mean? I don't do that. It's like, you're an actor, you're a comedian, whatever you are. Yeah. And because I think labeling somebody as anything is it, it's not what you're paying. I'm not paying for somebody to be a certain color or a certain religion. I'm paying for them to entertain me. Kind of exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you're not, you're, you're not paying for somebody. (laughs) It's the same way with a car. Or, or yeah. something like that. You're paying for the product. You're not paying for Right. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. But it's, the reason I said that is because when, um, well, a lot of times, uh, when people start performing, let's use stand-up comedians and, in, uh, in general, we'll right. say, well, this is a Christian comic. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it, that's a niche. That's a very small, slim portion of the stand-up comedy realm. Right. And I often, I believe that, um, if you work, if you're a Christian, okay, you, you're not a Christian at certain times. You're a, it's your life. It's who you are. So if you're a comedian, you're a comedian. Hmm. You're not a Christian comedian. You know that you're right. not a Christian bricklayer. You're not a Christian auto mechanic. You're an auto mechanic. Right. And when you add that word, I'm a Christian comic. It it takes away from those who would come and see you hmm. because so, they don't yeah. want to be preached at. You know. Right. Um. The thing is, is that if you just are what you are, you will do a show that is, you know, the way you're, you believe you need to do it and people will be entertained and then they'll go home and go, you know what? He didn't cuss. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. The, yeah. And I just remember that's how I Seinfeld and uh, Jay Leno, yeah. both at the height of their stand up comedy powers. I had the chance to share a stage with each one of those guys. Uh, one challenged me. The other made me stop performing stand-up. Wow. Think about that. That's yeah. how good these guys were. Yeah. And both of them worked clean. Yeah. It's not that they don't cuss, you know, it's just they work 
clean. And I assume they still do. I don't know. Yeah. But I will tell you that it was an amazing thing because you're talking about in the mid eighties and two of the biggest standups on the road, selling out multiple shows a night mm. and they don't drop right. any kind of exactly. foul language or yeah. content. And what gets me is they all can. Yes. You know, they, good. they all can because you, you go look at, uh, at, uh, on YouTube, the dry bar comedy channel. Yeah. And you, those yeah. guys, those people work clubs all over the place and then they mm -hmm. come to dry bar and every now and then you'll see one of them mention, uh, that they've, you know, they, they asked me not to do certain things. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Which means they, okay. They're cleaning their act up for dry bar. But the thing is yeah. they're funny. They're still funny yeah. without being gross. They're still right. funny. There's no need for it. If the material mm -hmm. truly is funny, Right. You don't have to work dirty. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that being the entire point yep. that if you were to say, I'm a Christian comedian, the people who immediately demean, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go. If yeah, you say yeah. that, if you, but if you just, Hey, there's a comedian, Dave Max performing or whatever. Yeah. You go and do your thing. You, and by the way, if you're doing your thing, you're going to find a way to share the gospel truth in yeah. what you're doing yes, you are. because it is who we are. It's not what we do. And so apply that to everything. I try to show this, apply it to everything. You don't have to carry the mm -hmm. biggest Bible. You don't have to quote the King James version to impress people. You just be what you claim to be. The Mark and Mac show.